0: Luke chapter 9 in your Bibles. Let's read some verses together and then we'll pray. Luke chapter 9. And notice verse 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Father, please help us tonight to hear, to understand, especially, Lord, the deep, deep meaning of our Lord's words here. And in understanding them, Father, help it to change our thinking and our very lives. For your honor and for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, for a few weeks now, we have been teaching with a certain theme in mind from the Bible, from the Word of God, that focuses on the idea of time. Hours, days, years. And, of course, the aim of the Word of God is to enable believers to have a true and accurate perspective on a day or a year or a month, on time itself. We began with Hebrews 4, about three weeks ago, I think, and we preached on the best day of your life. Today is the best day of your life. And then it was Ecclesiastes 7 on, quote, the cup of nostalgia, talking about people who just loved and only live in the past, thinking about yesterday. And then Luke 13, our Lord's promise, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following. Tonight, beloved, we're going to look at what is arguably the real secret, if you will, the whole secret to all of this. This is, in essence, the engine that powers all of the other admonitions and gives really, frankly, the greatest perspective you can possibly have in this life. Notice, first of all, verse 23. And he, Jesus said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now I want you to either circle or mark in some way that word daily. Five times in the New Testament and the Gospels, the Lord Jesus commands his own to, quote, take up your cross. We're all familiar with that. We've heard the expression, the phrase, the quotation, all familiar with take up your cross. In this text, however, the Holy Spirit emphasizes the very same command by giving to us a very specific application and word. He says, daily. If any man will come after me, that means follow me, let him take up his cross daily. And of course, what that says is that a child of God at the moment of salvation or from the moment of salvation is not automatically and always, obviously, bearing his cross In fact, what's really being implied here is that at least once a day, a Christian is not bearing his cross. After all, you can't take it up if you already are carrying it. So when Jesus says every day you have to take it up, he really does mean that. He means today. When tomorrow is today, he means that day. He means daily. Every day a child of God is supposed to be proactive, purposeful, And it's one of the reasons why, for example, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die what? Daily. I die daily. On a daily basis, Paul said he was doing what Jesus commands in our text. Look at verse 24. For whosoever, anybody who will save his life, in other words, you don't want to die to self, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You'll find it. In other words, Paul took it up. He picked up the cross every day. The question tonight, I think for all of us here, is is just this. What happens if you don't do that? What if you didn't do it today? If it's command, and it clearly is, what happens when a believer does not take up his cross and do it every day? Well, The first thing we must understand before we get to that, the core of that, we have to understand what it means to take up the cross. And what does it mean when he uses the word cross? How do you take up Jesus's cross every day and follow him every day? Well, first of all, you do realize that Jesus gave all of these commands before he was on a cross. So don't think about Jesus' cross because all of these commands, so much, all of these commands were given before He was ever crucified. Secondly, you also realize that the cross that He's referring to meant one thing. To the disciples that were there, to everybody who was listening that, were, that was a Jewish person in that audience that day, and it says He said to them all, they knew precisely What Jesus was talking about when he talked about a cross and taking your cross. They knew this. They knew that the cross was identified with one thing. Death. The cross equaled death. It is, for example, why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He was saying the cross is death. So please know this. Know that when somebody says, well, we all have our cross to bear. Jesus told us that we would have that cross of burdens. No, he didn't say that at all. The cross he's talking about is not. Now, we all have thorns just like Paul did. That's a different matter. Thorns are burdens, trials, afflictions. What Jesus is talking about here is not your your cross of, you know, you you got a, a limp in your leg. That's not the cross he's telling you you have to bear. Again, that's a thorn. What Jesus is talking about is death. He's talking about dying to self. And more importantly, dying to self by taking up the cross of identifying with Jesus now every single day. And you know, folks, and especially for you, you dear young people who I love, that is the exact opposite thing of what the world has been telling our young people and telling all of us in this room, lying to us about from the day we were born. The world says, find yourself. The world says, be yourself. The world says, love yourself. Trust yourself. Celebrate yourself. Promote yourself. It's all about you and yourself. We live in a 100% selfie world. Society, which by the way, we were told that it would be this way. Can I remind you that in 2nd Timothy, Paul wrote down these amazing, encouraging truths in chapters 1 and 2? I was going to list them all, but because of time, I'm not. But if you just read 2nd Timothy 1 and 2, it's just all one after another, they're memory verses, amazing, encouraging verses. But then chapter 3 starts like this. This know also. Along with all this glory and this amazing stuff and these promises, this know also. And then he says, in the last days, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Uh Uh-oh. Peril? In the last days? What peril, Paul? COVID? Fauci? TikTok? Chinese balloons? Climate change? Bank failures? No, no, no. Think about it. He said perilous times shall come, and the very first peril he mentions is this. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's a peril? Yeah. Men, human beings, in the last days, will be lovers of their own selves. That's perilous, but it is especially perilous when followers of Christ are called to do the exact opposite thing, to die to self. How do you live in a society in the last days when men, the peril of the society, is that everybody says, look, it's about you. Love yourself. How do you live? And you, you are called to do the opposite, to die to self. Now again, if You're supposed to die daily. By taking up your cross, which is a symbol of death, death daily, what happens if you don't do that? Well, to put it simply, as far as eternity is concerned, you completely wasted that day. That day, as far as heaven is concerned, as far as what matters is truly concerned, spiritually you negated that day. I love the sayings of of our young, Gen Z and our young people. The ones they come up with these days, it's hard to keep up. Something, you know, is super funny and they text it or whatever and they respond with, I'm dead. (laughs) Somebody does something amazing and they say, slay, slay. In Webster, the word slay dictionary means, quote, to kill with violence. So, you know, if someone, apparently, if someone does something amazing, and let's say it's amazingly funny, slay, I'm dead. Period. No cap. Whatever. I can't keep up with all of it. There's a lot of it. I just wish we would all say, I'm dead. The way Paul said it. Say, I'm dead the way Jesus commanded it. Now look, in our previous message we noted from the Bible that every day is a gift from God. That every day is an opportunity, it's a blessing, it's a privilege to have a single day. This is the day which the Lord hath made. So nobody, certainly no disciple of Christ would ever want to waste the blessing of a day. Would ever want to negate that day. And by the way, let's say this, which you know, what some people think is a waste of time or a waste of a day isn't at all necessarily what God thinks is a waste of time or a waste of a day and vice versa. For example, the rich fool in Luke 12, he thought that his day was full. He utilized it to the max, remember? He closed some deals. He made some profit. He had some some fun, he ate, he drank, and he made merry. I mean, that, what a day! For him, his day wasn't wasted at all. But in God's estimation, looking down from heaven, it was a total waste. Thou fool, he was called. And it didn't have to be. On the other hand, the, the, world, the world would look at, for example, the Apostle Paul sitting in prison for two years. And in that one prison in Caesarea where he didn't write a single epistle... And they would look at that experience, and they would say, wow, what a waste. What a waste of 720 days. Not in God's economy. Not from heaven's perspective. And the reason it wasn't a waste, and not in God's kingdom, is that in the Apostle Paul's first century journal, if you will, or daytimer, if he had one, he would have written already with a metaphorical pen the words, March 22, A.D. 68 take up my cross and die today, die to self. I use the Apple calendar in my iPhone a lot. And I use the reminder app on my iPhone sometimes. I use the clock alarm. I use the big calendar on my desk over there a lot when these guys don't write on there and make little notes where I can't read it anymore. I like writing in the little boxes I like using my iPhone notepad, Notepad, and especially so when I can write down things that are important to do that day. Don't forget to do this today. Tomorrow, I'm taking Ben to the dentist. It's on my notepad. Take Ben to the, ben to the dentist tomorrow, which will be today, tomorrow. And the reason is that I don't want to forget that, right? It's, it's what we call a daily reminder. What about writing today, All right, today? Take up my cross. Things to do today, die to self. In other words, recognizing that what Jesus is saying in this text is real, he meant this. He's not just being poetic, he's being serious. Every day that we want to follow him, and surely we do, right? Every day, daily we have to take up our cross and die to self. And so important is it that if we don't take it up that day, we've wasted that day as far as eternity is concerned. Now look, I'm not suggesting that you literally take your pen out, I mean, in, on every day in the little box on the calendar, right? Die daily, die daily, take up my cross, take up my cross. I'm not suggesting you do that bare cross today. In fact, really, it's kind of the opposite. If you're a child of God and you understand this teaching, you don't have to write it down at all. Because the things that you do every day, the things that are important to you, you would never think of skipping. You don't write them down. I don't have in my calendar anywhere that it says, eat food today. As if, obviously. (laughs) As if I need to be reminded. I don't write down, every day, get dressed. Study. Walk from car to front door. Reminder, go to church, it's Sunday. It's not on there. Because that's what I do. It's what you do. And you know, in the same way, beloved, is taking up the cross, dying daily, supposed to be so part and parcel of your daily sustenance as a disciple and your daily life that you always know in your heart and your mind, I have to die to self. And believe me, you will get warning flags, red flags before 8 a.m. That you're not, or you are, taking up your cross. That one or the other, you'll know that you're either dying to self that day or not dying to self. You know, there are certain reasons why, if you don't obey our Lord and, and you don't take up your cross, there are reasons why it leads to a wasted day. Wasted in the eyes of our Lord. And thus, when we get to heaven and we find out this was wood, hay, and stubble that gets burned up. Wasted here on earth. The first thing you'll notice in the text is that, number one, if you don't take up your cross today, then you don't follow Jesus today. You don't. Look at verse 23 again. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, if you want to come after me, if you will, if you desire to follow me, let him, what, deny himself. And take up his cross daily and follow me. That's the order. Now let me remind you again what the entire metaphor of the cross was about at the moment Jesus is talking about the cross to these disciples way back in Luke 9, long before the crucifixion. Crucifixion was a Roman invention. It was in full use for a few decades before Jesus died. And it was a Roman invention that was designed to lead to one singular thing. Shame and execution. Shame and death. The cross itself was a death. Reserved for those who who did not yield to the authority of the world's empire. And it was meant, because it was so public a way of dying on a cross in front of everybody. It was meant as a final rejection and repudiation by the world against that follower of whatever group, schism that they were. And to varying degrees, anyone who truly follows Jesus, and this is is core to this, anybody who is truly going to follow Jesus will experience the same rejection from the world. You will be rejected. Let me put it this way any believer who's not willing to deny himself and take up his cross, any believer who's not willing to every day die to self, that Christian also isn't willing to truly follow the Lord who who will carry his cross. In other words, look, it is impossible to be a true follower of Jesus Christ in this world until and unless you're willing to. To bear his shame. You have to die to self because if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to bear his shame. Somewhere along the line during that day. First Corinthians 1.18 says the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And then verse 23 goes on to say we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. There's shame attached to Jesus. Look at verse 26 For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the, sh- shall the Son of Man be ashamed. You know, it's interesting. When, when I meet people out and about in Jupiter and in Palm Beach County, and they find out that I'm a minister, they like the word minister. I always say I'm a pastor. But if I find out I'm a pastor, I'm a minister of a congregation in Jupiter, a reverend with these seminary degrees, when and if they learn some of those details, you know, frankly, they they like it. Reverend Blaylock, the minister. People in society take fairly well to the local minister, reverend, parson, marital counselor, funeral, wedding, religious leader. And sure enough, through these years, I've been invited in, in Jupiter, in Tequesta, this is my hometown, to speak and to join and to cooperate and to lead and to help organize and, and co-chair. Just about every community town project, every public ministerial effort that's ever called for a minister. And I'm happy to do it when I can. I've done a lot of Memorial Day type things out on Memorial Day and Happy to do it. In my early days in this area, I was 29 when I first came here. In the younger days, I was more apt to just jump in and lock arms with churches, denominations, some effort, some little ecumenical thing. But it didn't take long, and I learned something. I learned very quickly that the only way that the world even the religious world, Christendom, would embrace any minister as if that minister would be soft or compromise the cross of Jesus Christ. In other words, the world doesn't mind Jesus. I mean, if you would watched award shows, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus for helping me make this R-rated movie. They don't mind a Jesus they don't mind a minister of Jesus, just as long as it's not the born-again Bible-believing heaven and hell preaching one way to salvation, Jesus, which by the way, is the only Jesus there really is. And you know, when I was younger, as soon as I learned that, I remembered the words of Paul when he said in Galatians 6:14, "God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of Christ." God forbid that I should glory in minister, reverend, degrees. Glory in anything other than the cross, which to the world. Remember he says, by whom the world is crucified unto me. They're dead to me. And I'm crucified unto them. uh, They're dead to me. I'm dead to them. And as I stand here tonight by the grace of God, I pray, I pray. We at Beacon Baptist Church would be followers, true followers of Jesus Christ taking up our cross and testifying that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Not just that we're not ashamed of Jesus. A lot of people are not ashamed of Jesus, but what about the gospel of Jesus? What about the message that he died for sinners and there are sinners who are on their way to hell? That's the gospel. I'll say it again. If you don't take up your cross daily, it's a wasted day because you're not following Christ. Not really. The second thing I want you to notice is that number two, if you don't take up your cross today, then you're not denying yourself. And you're supposed to deny yourself. Look at the wording again in verse 23, would you? And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, you notice carefully what Jesus is teaching. He's saying that the only way that you'll take up your cross and thus follow Jesus is to first Deny yourself. That makes sense. That's just math, if you will. But deny myself? Who does that? Who teaches that? How many television preachers teach you to deny yourself? Doesn't the Lord understand, you know, that one day in 2023, a lot of us, we were raised baby boomers. I was almost a baby boomer, and the rest of the generations followed, we were taught to affirm ourselves affirm, look in the mirror and say, I am somebody. We were raised by Dr. Spock in my generation. Dr. Benjamin Spock, baby and child care. Dr. Spock told my mom that I'm the most special person in the universe. You're not, Andy, I am. No, you're not. None of us are. However, you know, if you die to self, then and only then can you be alive. Because the Bible says if you die to self, you're alive unto Christ. Not to the world, but unto Christ. Think about that for a minute. If you die daily and Christ lives in you and through you, how are you going to be offended? She offended me. There's your red flag. You didn't die that day because you can't offend a dead person. How are you going to be disappointed? How do you disappoint a dead person? You know, dead people are not moved, if you will, by insults, threats, criticisms. That's why dying to self is freedom. Let me remind you what Paul said in Acts 20, 20 verse 24. First of all, he lists all the things that have happened to him. stonings, and shipwreck, and beatings, deprivation starvation, perils by sea, robbers. After listening to all that thing, he says, none of these things move me. What? Why? He says, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself. He says, I'm, I'm dead. Why am I going to be moved by this guy threatening me when I've already died to self and I'm alive unto Christ? And let me just add that the Bible is not talking here at all about life being a funeral, a daily death march. It's the opposite of that. People who die to self, who aren't about self, they're the most alive people on earth. They're living Christ. It's the familiar paradox of a Christian Christian. To be alive, you die to self. It's what Jesus said when he said, except a grain of corn fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. Self is a little tiny small package. Verse 24, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Jesus isn't calling people to give up their joy or victory. Or life by denying yourself? What Christ means here is that if there's anything in your life that prevents you from taking up your cross, is it ambition? Is it greed? Is it pride? Is it fear of rejection? You want the approval of man? Is it loss of position or power or prestige? Whatever it might be that would hinder you from taking up your cross, denying yourself, and following the Lord Jesus every day. That's what you need to die to. You do realize that a day that's just lived for yourself, I've lived so many days just for myself, obviously. You have. It's, it's wasted. But a day that has lived following Christ, no matter what you do that day, if you've died to self, you've taken on the cross, you follow Jesus, it can't be wasted. That is true, but the only way to live for Him and follow Him today is is therefore to deny yourself today. Have you, have you literally died to self, denied yourself? Number three, if you don't take up your cross today, then you don't make a difference for others today. Look at verse 22. The Son of Man, Jesus said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Now, folks, if that were true of you, knowing that the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, if you knew that they were all out to get you, to slay you, and cause you harm, and cause you to suffer, what would you do? Well, you would avoid them. You would stay as far away as you can from the temple, and especially the leaders in that temple, who despise everything you're teaching. But what does our Lord do? Just a few chapters later, look on the screen, you can see it. It says he taught daily. There's that word again. Daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. Wow. Daily? Daily he exposed himself to those who wanted to take his life. That meant every day our Lord made a difference in someone else's life. So that daily Jesus denied the flesh. The Lord Jesus picked up his cross and in so doing he helped people everywhere he went. Anybody who follows Jesus, a true follower, will do the same thing. Number one, you deny yourself. Number two, you take up your cross. Number three, you follow him. And that's how you make a difference. Now, in our American society, everybody, Christians even, they want to do the third thing, WWJD. What would Jesus do? But they don't, many of them want to do the third thing, WWJD, without doing the first and the second thing without denying themselves and taking up the cross. But that's a waste. In a wasted day, when a child of God does not deny himself, does not take up his cross, and thus does not follow his Lord. Not really. It's all wood, hay, and stubble. Let me put it this way, and I'm almost done. Every morning when you wake up, apparently, you have a cross that needs to be borne. It's a cross that needs to be taken up, metaphorically. That cross identifies you as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jesus of this Bible. And as such, to most of the world around you, in fact, including maybe most of your family, it's a cross of shame. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. It's a cross of derision, and you know that's true. You know it's true that when you tell someone in the world that they are sinners and Jesus loved you and Jesus loved them and died for them and they must accept Christ to be saved, you know that that is a cross of derision. So guess what? The only way you're going to pick it up, knowing that it's a cross of derision, knowing that it's not going to win friends and influence people, knowing that the only way you're going to really pick it up today is if you deny yourself today or you won't pick it up. You have to die to self first. Some of you know about James Reimer. James Reimer is the goaltender for the San Jose Sharks. Four days ago, he read a statement on why he didn't wear the Pride Night jersey March the 18th, a few days ago, to celebrate the LGBTQIA community. Every hockey team in, in the NHL has been going through this. And, of course, football doesn't now be. There's just it's something you have to do as a player Wear the pride jersey. And predictably, because he said, I'm not going to wear it, one of the kindest, most thoughtful, most respective hockey players in the world today has since received the worst bile and hatred and death wishes you could possibly imagine. The anger and the hate that has been he, by the way, and he knew that would happen because the exact same thing happened when Ivan Pororov did the same thing in January for his religious beliefs. But here's what caught my attention because I read his public statement a couple days ago and I'm going to read it to you and I'll tell you what part of it caught my attention because, you know, that took some courage. That took some dying to self. Here it is. Under the umbrella of the NHL's Hockey is for Everyone initiative, except for him, after he made the statement, the San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of LGBTQIA+. For all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian. Now, I'm not going to read the next sentence. I'm going to come back to that. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone and I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endure something that is counter to my personal convictions based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. I strongly believe that every person has value and worth and the LGBTQIA community, like all others, should be welcomed in aspects of the game of hockey. That was a statement for which he has been crucified, if I can use the word. How did he have that courage? I think I know. I mean, it's faith. But here's the statement I left out. I'm going to read it. For all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I think this is a young man who doesn't just put on Christianity like a jacket you put on Sunday, like all the other ones that, you know, say that they're Christians, but take God's name in vain. They wouldn't take God's name in vain in church on Sunday, but they do it on Monday on the basketball court. Who said, I choose to follow Jesus, and the highest authority of my life is his word, Daily. That's why he could do it. So, you have to deny yourself daily, pick up that cross of shame daily, and then follow Jesus daily. That is real Christianity. And God's people said? Father, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for these words of our Lord. And may it be so common and so natural and so normal for us as believers to deny ourselves every day, to be willing to bear the cross every day, to follow you every day, that we don't have to put it down in writing. Help us to be people of the cross in the sense that we are dead to the world and the world is dead to us. And in so doing, we make a difference in people's lives, in our country, in our family, at work. And we'll praise you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org That's beaconbaptistchurch.org May the Lord bless you.